0: Good day, my friend. You're at the right place at the right time, and you're about to hear the word of God that God has shared with us during our service time at Truth Gathers Dream Center Church. So I pray that we have your attention for the next few minutes as this word of God comes forth. I pray that it be a blessing to your life and to your journey. I got up one morning and the Lord spoke two words to me, and those two words uh, are more prayer as he spoke those words to me I understood from my journey with God what those two words meant Uh, just to let you understand as a church um, God has been working on us having a balanced menu you know what a balanced menu is you may go to a restaurant and when you pull up the uh, restaurant menu as you go and look down what you're going to order uh, if they don't have a balanced menu, you would look, call the waitress and say, hey, where the salads at? Uh, where the appetizers? You know, uh, do you have a dessert menu? Because you want to see a variety of things that potentially can fit your taste. Even as a church, we've been on a journey that each year God teaches us how to minister to his people, how he wants the church done. And as much as uh, people uh, give me the honor of being uh, the pastor, the truth of the matter is I ain't nothing but an under shepherd under the shepherd. And really, I ain't doing nothing but working for my boss and doing what he tells me to do with joy. Thank the Lord. With with joy. Uh-huh. Thank the Lord. Um, and with that, one of the things he had been talking to me about, especially coming out of uh, 2020 during the pandemic, he caused me to see for a church that we had wonderful uh uh, times of praise and worship didn't we experience a wonderful praise and worship this morning come on give god praise that's a part of the the menu he said wonderful praise and worship uh we had always believed in bible study and we believe in doing prayer Um, as well but God was like I want you to do something different as you move forward we don't no longer do Wednesday night every Wednesday night we do not gather uh, here at our church to do a Wednesday night Bible study with the full praise and worship band. the Lord spoke to me he said you got enough praise and worship you got enough going on with that he said I want to see more teaching and more discipleship So we changed our Wednesday weekday not to have music every week and worship, which is great said, I want to balance that off. And so we started something called tabletop Bible study, a time for you get your word and you come to the table and you discuss the word with the group and you get an opportunity to learn and dive into the word. Isn't that good? He starts balancing our menu. Then he began again, talk about, hey, I want to see the life groups get the moving. And I want to see people talk about women's ministry, men's ministry. And so we sprinkle them all throughout the different weeks of the month, as well as another opportunity for fellowship and what we call discipleship in the word. But then God keeps taking me back to something that stirs him like no other. And it is called prayer. He said, I'm loving the menu, uh, Pastor Joe, that you all are doing here at the church. But my people need more prayer. They need more prayer in their life. They need more prayer in the way they handle things, the way they conduct their decisions. They need more prayer. And so I want to put an emphasis on my teaching today, more prayer and invitation to a life in the spirit. I want to start off in Genesis 1:26 and 27 my first point here is God has called us to pray personally that first thing I want to appeal to you is God has called all of us to pray personally and to have a personal relationship with him where we are confident that he wants to hear from us that he wants to talk with us Genesis 1, 26 and 27. I want to use these two verses here. Going back to creation, it said, And God said, let us make man, notice, he's making man in our image and in our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them this is the beginning of the work of God as he creates mankind and when he starts talking about humanity he lets us know that humanity was made in the likeness and in the image of God It speaks to us that out of all of the other aspects of creation, all right, the sky, the moon, the stars, the animals, the birds, only one was made in his image and in his likeness, only one. And this is not the the, the outward structure of humanity. This is not the outward structure that we have hands and a head and feet and heart and a shoulder. It's not the outward structure. It's an inward nature that he has locked within every man, every woman. He has locked and put within every man and every woman that they are created and made for the purpose to be in his image now while every uh, created thing has a voice a cat has a voice a dog has a voice every animal has a voice even humans have a voice but humans are the only ones you and I are the only ones that can use our voice to talk to God I don't care how much you love your cat your cat don't do intercession your dog don't pray to God I don't care they are created they have a voice they ought to be treated with dignity and respect and care for absolutely but they have not been made in the image and likeness of God to be representatives of his very nature see the rest of the animals they live strictly by their five senses they live strictly by their five senses in order to govern and navigate in the earth every animal is using their five senses well when he went to humanity not only did he give us five senses he gave us another nature That other nature is the ability from the inside of us with our soul and with our spirit that we can talk back to the creator. Now the creator can always talk to what he created he's sovereign he can talk to a dog he want the dog to bark he can make a dog bark if you want the cat to meow he can make a cat meow but never has he created those uh, created animals to be an intercessor a representative in the earth to be in his image what's important for us to begin to take our rightful place personally is for you and I to accept that God wanted us here and that God has a purpose for creating mankind to fulfill his purpose and his mission in the earth and just like he did with Adam and Eve he gave them dominion and he gave them authority over everything he created in the earth because God had something in mind when he created humanity in his image and this likeness of God is even within you even if it's not fully formed this likeness of God is even in you if if you don't even know God the thing about mankind mankind is a created thing and no matter how much intellect we have we can never deny what God has already done in humanity in other words even if you don't like God or believe God he still created you in his image and never asked for your vote about how you feel about what he created Oh, you got to hear that boldly and you got to hear that strongly so man can walk around with his thoughts his thinking his ability his intellect but you never going to be able to cancel out what God has already created. This is important because being made in the image of God and his likeness is the thing that gives us the ability to personally pray. God depends on mankind to be his ambassadors in the earth, to navigate life affairs, to navigate business rules, governance, administration, to carry out things in the earth. We understand that God is a miraculous healer, but God has also put wisdom in man so man can also exercise healing in the earth as well. God wants us here and God has created mankind to be in fellowship with him one of the clear signs of broken fellowship with God is the lack of a prayer life one of the clear signs of broken fellowship with God is the lack of a prayer life and a life where you never communicate to the Creator where well, you never or rarely communicate to the creator. But prayer has been created um, as a gift to mankind. Let me, let me say it like this. When God created man, he made him in his image. Out of his kindness of his heart, he gave us a gift. And I like to teach you about prayer is that prayer is a gift. Everybody say prayer is a gift. Now, we know gifts only benefit you if you use it. So you can have a gift that you never utilize, you never exercise, and if you never utilize this gift, you never benefit from its purpose. But the the, the, the prayer is a gift that God gave mankind that we can commune and have fellowship with him. I must first say this because too many of us have only used prayer as a transactional process, meaning we only use prayer for what we desire. And that's a part of prayer, but it's not the primary purpose of prayer. The primary primary purpose of prayer is to talk and fellowship with God. And not just when you need something and not when you just need him to pay your bill. On, deal with them. Deal with that. God is God. Deal with them. Deal with that. God is more than a hitman. Removing all your enemies and your foes. God gave you and I the ability to have a prayer life so he can talk with us on a daily basis, on a personal level. I want you to understand that God wants to talk to you. I want you to understand that God wants you to talk to him. One of the most powerful things about our life as believers in Christ Jesus is that all of us, especially through Jesus Christ, and I don't mean to make anybody else upset the way you practice your faith, but the way what Christianity is formed, all of us have the right through Jesus Christ to have our own personal relationship with him, and we thank God for the priest, which is called the high priest, which is Jesus Christ, and you don't necessarily need a man to talk to God that's important I know I ain't trying to mess up what you may have been taught but through Bible it's important you to understand that you don't have to wait to me to talk to your Creator that's important I may be somewhere in Hawaii with my feet up come on drinking lemonade and may not be answering my phone and you may need to get a prayer through and come on or you may need to get your sins forgiven and I may be somewhere in a meeting and it may not be over at that moment you don't have time Waiting on mankind when it comes to redemption with God. I'm trying to get you to understand You can talk to him for yourself. I'm trying to get that really clear in your heart You can go to God because you're made in his image and in his likeness And I want you to know you can talk to him right now from where you are you can talk to God You can talk to God one of the tragedies we see in Genesis about this gift is that mankind was created Adam and Eve was created they ate of the forbidden fruit many if you know about the forbidden fruit they added ate of the forbidden fruit in the, in the garden and after that immediately they begin to lose fellowship with God In right, right. so much so that God comes as a Genesis 3 God comes down to Adam and says Adam where art thou right. see now he's broken in fellowship because of sin nature And now he's walking around trying to do things without God. Trying to live this life without God. Do you understand life has so many difficulties and complexities that you need someone outside of yourself to help you navigate life? And I'm not just being someone like your neighbor, I'm talking about someone like the Creator to help you navigate the challenges and difficulties of life. And here is Adam in a very tough situation. They've taken out a forbidden fruit and immediately have separation in their fellowship. God comes looking for him. And when he shouldn't be looking for him, because in fellowship, God knows where he is, but he's hiding from God. Genesis three, I should have brought it up, but you follow me. Genesis three. Yeah, he's he. God is walking through the garden. and the Bible says, and Adam and Eve said, oh, here comes God. And in the, media, in, the, in, the, in the meantime, while God is looking for them, he says, Adam, where are you? He says, look, his first response is look. It was the woman you gave me. She gave me the forbidden fruit. Now, it ain't the fact that he didn't tell the truth, but it's a blame game for why he's not talking to God. If you're not careful, you can find so many silver reasons why you are not talking to God and the tragedy of this thing is while he had walked away from God God was looking for him and it shows us something even if you fall can I talk about falling a little bit because sometimes when people fall we act like God not interested in pulling them back up Adam and Eve the trespassed against God but yet God was looking to bring them back into fellowship he said where are you in other words this is how I like to describe it, Adam, why didn't you fall on your knees the very moment you saw that you had messed up, Adam? Why didn't you come to me once you noticed that you and Eve were not seeing eye to eye anymore? Because you know they fussing down in the garden. You know they, they arguing down in the garden. Yeah, I don't understand that. When he said wasn't the woman, it was the woman you gave. Him, you understand? This is a different kind of relationship. Right. Their relationship dynamics had changed. 'Cause in chapter two, y'all read in chapter two now, he when, when God brought Adam, brought Eve to Adam, oh, he looked at her, God put him in a deep sleep, That's right. woke him up, yeah. like a father, walked her down the aisle, yeah. brought her to Adam, Adam opened up his eyes, and Adam said, Wow. The like they like to say, Whoa, man, wow, man. <laughs> he looked at her and he said, Not God, I like to teach this. God never said it. Adam said, you are bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. When I look at you, you look like me. Girl, you somebody. Woo, you somebody special. I mean, he was singing her praises. And then the Bible says that Adam... Name her Eve. God didn't name her Eve. Adam was feeling so good about this woman. Uh, about the relationship that he had with Father God, so in tune with life that he was able to look at Eve and see her pure purpose, and they fit right together. Oh, my this is my girl here. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I call it the first love language, the first Mac Daddy, and the first Mackin. You know, you know, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Bone of my flow All right, husband, go home and just tell your wife you're bone of my bone and your flesh of my flesh go on ahead and talk look at us girl, you're a girl your bone of my bone Hallelujah. slow it down when you say I'll teach that later but I'm telling you <laughs> Were doing fine because they was in fellowship but the problem began to happen is out of, they got, they trespassed, they were no longer following his statutes, they uh, the bible says they were already naked but now because of the glory has been revealed, revealed uh, uh, removed, they now recognize they're naked, they're blaming one another for the situation that has happened and, and he's like it was a girl you gave me it was a woman you gave me and the truth of the matter this is what happens when you're out of fellowship with God you use every other excuse rather than and getting back in fellowship I'm pulling strong today because somebody here God wants you somebody here God wants to talk to you you could be talking about my life is all messed up God I've messed up my years I've messed up what you've given me I haven't been the person you wanted me to be my life is in disarray but can I tell you that God is looking to talk to you personally God is walking through the garden like he was walking through for Adam and Eve and he says where are you in other words even if you're not doing well talk to me even if I bless you talk to me even if things ain't working right in your family talk to me I want you to understand that God wants you to have a personal prayer life where you are talking to him communing with him in your daily life God wants us personally everybody said God wants me personally God wants to remove all the hindrances out of you having a personal prayer life. Yes. Personal prayer life. You no longer depend on your grandmother, uh-huh. great-grandmother. So many people still had that testimonies that were oh, if it wasn't for grandma prayers, that's good from a historic point of view. Somebody prayed for me. I'm here today. But there comes a time uh-huh. where you must grab a hold of your gift of prayer you've been gifted to talk to God talking to God is not for preachers not for people in the church only not just for leaders in the church I got to teach this simple because we uh, negate having our own full relationship with God and we pass it on to other people and let them and so we got about 20,000 prayer partners I don't mind having a few, but some of you have too many. And, and some of you have, I said some of you have too many prayer partners. You need a few people who can pray with you, but 15 and 10 prayer partners, no. Build up your own prayer life and build up confidence. I'm telling you the truth. Build up your own prayer life and personal relationship with God, and you'll have confidence in your fellowship with God. Clearly, God wants you to have, everybody say, personal prayer time. time. All right, point number two. Point number two is God has called us to pray corporately. Pray corporately. Pray corporately. God has called us to pray corporately, first personally, and then corporately. Again, um, you can't have corporate prayer unless you got people who personally pray. But God has called us to pray corporately. I'm in Mark, the chapter. I'm going to read verses 11 to 24 as well. Spend the rest of my few minutes I have with you this morning. All right. Without a doubt, I want you to understand as well, I prayed about, Lord, why you got me t- have me teaching this? You said, I'm about to give people the foundation to prosper in ways they have, haven't prospered in years before. Cause I've been really serious about this thing, that's why I kept telling you all as a congregation how stirred I was to preach from Matthew 6. Now, I'm proud of it. I already explained it that God stirred me up. We spoke, we prophesied, we gave you a stirring message for the first three Sundays. But I kept wanting to get to Matthew 6 because if you can ever get taught how to be sustained in life. They always say you can you can easily give a man a fish, but if you ever teach a man how to fish, God is interested in your sustainability on an everyday basis, and I am so stirred. That I just want to teach you how to walk with God, how to prosper, how to overcome. Not just prophesy to you and tell you overcome, overcome, that's good. That'll build you up, That'll, that'll stir you up. That's even what preachers do. But let me tell you something, the real appetite of believers who've been in Christ a while is not to be preached to preaching is good but preaching gets you stirred up but if you want to maintain what God is doing in your life it comes through teaching tell somebody say teach me teach me oh come on somebody come on teach me come on you can stir me up and have a good pet rally but after the pet rally if I don't know how to put a and B and C together come on and make a sentence and create words I can create I can um, recite the alphabet all day long and we can make up a great song off of the ABCs but until you can put them things together and make you some words and then communicate you're not gonna do nothing but be excited about ABCs I'm prophesying to somebody that God wants you to move out of the ABC recitation of life and God's trying to move you to a life of continual momentum and prosperity somebody say teach me yeah teach me Teach me. I'm about to do it right here. Mark 11. Teach me. I got to grow out of this. Teach me. I got some goodness in me. Teach me. I got purpose. Teach me. Teach me how to unlock the image of God that's in me. Teach me. I've been told that I'm made in his image. Come on, teach me how to get there. Teach me how to unfold this image of God that's in me. Teach me. Mark 11. God has called us to corporate prayer corporately. Called us to prayer corporately. Here it is. Mark 11. Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And into the temple. When he had looked around about upon all things and now evening time was come, he went unto Bethany with the twelve. 12 disciples. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came, went to the tree, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing. Nothing but leaves. For the time of figs, Was not yet Jesus answered and said unto it the tree all right no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever and the disciples heard it Hmm. and they come to Jerusalem and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, uh, and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. Now, if you've just been following me very closely, you just see that Jesus got an attitude. Jesus is upset about this thing here. First of all, he cursed a fig tree. Now, all those who are strong in nature, they would not like this Jesus right here. You don't know he cursed the tree from the root and said no man gonna eat fruit from here hereafter then immediately after that he goes into the temple and he starts casting out everybody in leadership everybody in the administration of the temple who's using the temple for the wrong purpose so this ain't that cute Jesus that was lying in the manger This is a grown, full man, Jesus, knowing his purpose. And this is where we see verses that Jesus ain't always sweet. Jesus comes in and he overthrows the tables of the money changers. Just guess what that looked like. The seats of them that sold drugs and would not suffer any man. Now you needed to think about what that looked like. You trying to walk in the temple to do what you think you're supposed to do. And Jesus comes in and put a halt to it. Any man should carry any vessel through the temple and he talked saying unto them is it not written in other words don't you know the word of God my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer in other words church what what are you doing. In other words church people temple people of God who gather in the name of the Lord what are you doing yeah. but you have made it a den of thieves Jesus wants us to pray corporately to the point that he comes to the temple and he rearranges the menu of the church he rearranges how they think they need to deal with people matter of fact what's happening here they're also using the temple for political gain all right people who need to pay taxes they done brought the tax booth over into the church and they're now using the church as a political figure or political instrument to control the community come on but the church does have its role in working with the community but the church is an entity that stands on its own with God that gets its instructions from God and from the Word of God come on somebody and the has been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ he gets upset, he overthrows the administration of this current synagogue and temple, he refused to allow them to continue to uh, steal from people, it's in verse 17 you have made it a den of thieves in other words, they are using uh, the time of worship as an opportunity to take from people, not give people, not empower people, and Jesus is getting the church back in order, everybody say Jesus is getting the church back in order, because he wants the church to be known and not just this church but even the church I don't pastor not just this church but your grandmother church too come on somebody come on your uncle's church too he said my house shall be called a house of prayer anything that the church corporately should be known by is having a care for people and a care to pray to God Verse 18, and the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they may destroy him. Look at that. They ain't like that. They're messing up their power. But they feared him because the people was astonished at his doctrine. Watch this. And when evening even was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning as they passed by, they saw a fig tree dried up from the roots dried up from the roots and Peter calling to remembrance said unto them master Jesus behold look at the fig tree which there are curses that curse it is withered away I want to put these two things together actually the symbolic nature of the fig tree is the same symbolic nature of the church Jesus came and rebuked the fig tree because the fig tree was faking the power the fig tree had leaves but it did not have fruit and what it was doing was existing outside of his purpose. It was there in the midst of the community but never doing what it was called to do and really the fig tree story and Jesus casting the people out the temple is the same type of thing he's trying to get to is he straightens up a fig tree who's never producing fruit and say I refuse to be attached to you he does the same thing for the temple and says that the only way the church of Jesus Christ is going to work properly if we rearrange some things, get some things in order and make sure that this is a house of prayer. It's actually the same point that he's making. He dried up this tree that was not producing fruit. And I always like to teach this, it means it's a church that's high on marketing and low on delivery. on drawing attention but low on delivering products delivering deliverance giving people healing and hope and come on and rescuing people it's a church that talks a lot but don't walk a lot you know what I'm saying it's a church that does a lot of barking but don't do a lot of biting that's what it represents a tree with leaves, which means leaves gave the appearance of pr- production and fruitfulness. But the truth of the matter is you don't go to a fruit tree for leaves. Right. Right. I'll say it again. You don't go to a fruit tree for leaves. And Jesus says, I'm going to curse thee because you are not producing what I've called you to produce. You see that clearly? In verse 21, and Peter called him, remembers, and said unto them, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou curses is withered away. And Jesus answering said it to them, have faith in God. Now I love this stuff now. I love this kind of stuff. I get excited just teaching the word. And those who been with me well I know what I'm going right here. He says, "Have faith in God." He uses the fig tree and then after Jesus in his prophetic self, his anointed self says, "Have fig." I want you to have faith in God. He goes right back to the same illustration that he's talking about (laughs) is right there in the Word he says have faith in God he says the only thing that was wrong with the tree was the fact that it never had figs he said but I want you to have faith in God he's talking in the same thing about prayer he's saying when we gather I need you to have faith in God it don't just be a whole bunch of antics without faith I don't care if you don't run around the church you better have some faith I don't care if you don't jump up and down but you better have some faith faith i don't care if you can't sing songs like minister amber and like the rest of those great singers you better have faith if you don't have all the fancy antics that make people say oh y'all wonderful you gotta have faith Oh, he teach you now. He said, I'm going to teach you about prayer. He says, when you c- learn about having a personal relationship with me, when you come together for corporate prayer, I need y'all to have faith. When you start praying and talking to me, I need you to have faith. Come on. He said, I need you to believe me. Let's read verse 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you, that whatsoever or whosoever, I ain't got to know whatsoever yet, whosoever. Everybody say whosoever. whosoever. Now he about to tell you what you can do when you pray. He's going to tell you how it works when you pray. My goal here today is when you leave this place, you go here talking to God like you ain't never talked to him before. On, the disciples are astonished yeah. that Jesus has rebuked this fig tree and they're telling Jesus, Jesus look what your words did. You cursed this fig tree, it's dried up from the roots. Yeah. Jesus looked looking like this ain't for me, this for you. I don't understand what my words do verse 23 for I say unto you that whosoever everybody say whosoever I want you to notice this. It's another invitation into the life of the spirit. He said whosoever another scripture in Romans says whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. He gives an open invitation for anybody who will begin to trust him and believe his words. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said now that's powerful he said whosoever dare do this and don't doubt but believe and have faith you shall have whatsoever you say it it's powerful when you begin to pray to God and you start walking in faith and you start believing God starts listening to you and God start answering prayer one of the reasons that God uses prayer as the vehicle of communication Because the truth of the matter is, if God did everything without our prayers, then we really wouldn't know to give him glory because God can move without your prayers God can change things without your prayers God does a lot of things every day without your prayers however prayer is the vehicle that when it manifests you know it's God see and that's what gives God glory because after you pray you know what nobody but God who answered that prayer and made that thing work out you knew your back was against the wall you knew that thing wasn't working out for your good but after you prayed sooner or later things start changing it makes us to understand that there is a God who hears and who listens and who answers prayer yeah who answers prayer who listens and He's answer so God can't work without prayer but prayer is the vehicle where he proves that he's God because he already is God. I hope I ain't losing. You. I'm not losing you when I say that kind of stuff. But I got to say it clearly, he already is God. But prayer is what helps us prove to ourselves that he is God. Y'all do know God's nature, that God ain't looking for no votes. Y'all do know that, right? Y'all know that God's nature, that God, God, God sits on the throne, whether you like him or not. You know that about God, right? You know that about God. You know his ways are above our, our ways. You know that about God, right? Okay. You know you can't ever outvote him, you know that too, right? He's gonna still be God, whether you like him or not. Now, see, that's powerful. He said, whosoever shall have, if you are taking notes, whosoever shall have whatsoever. 24th verse and I'm done. Final conclusion, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, See, I like this kind of stuff. We're too busy sitting here with anxieties, stress, which really are just symptoms of an unmet need, an unfulfilled desire. Comes back and says, therefore, if I can curse a fig tree, If I can get the church back in order to show you that it's a house of prayer, therefore, what things everybody say things I like to teach this because some of us don't pray because we too worried about if the prayer is perfect and I stopped worrying about that Because I found out it was causing me not to pray. The Bible already lets me know, listen to this. If I pray and I ask amiss, he won't even answer. Because I ask amiss. So what I'm doing, I'm not even worrying about it. When I have a desire, I'm going forth to pray about it. Saying, Lord, if it's not your will, let this be done. But what happens is so many of us are stuck in analysis if this desire is right, if what I need is right. Many times God first starts dealing with you to pray by giving you a desire. A desire to grow a desire to change a desire to have a new house a desire to have come on we don't think that God, we think God only operates in spiritual things but God is interested in every aspect of your life and sometimes when you get a desire a desire for a new job come on a desire for a good spouse come on when you get a desire and too many of us are blocked up and frustrated and stressed and dealing with levels high levels of anxiety anxiety because we don't do anything with desires. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And the reason that you're sick and got anxieties and you're fretting because of things is because you're not moving through prayer where your desires have a channel to be moved. God gave you that idea. God gave you that desire. God gave you that feeling that you're feeling. And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let it sit there and spoil and ride on your shoulders? shoulders uh, and, and feel your mind that you can't get no sleep or are you gonna turn that desire into something that God can materialize uh, into an answered prayer and I'm trying to tell you if you got desires uh, it's a sign that you need to pray if you want to change uh, it's a sign that you need to pray what sort of things you desire I gotta wake up some of you all in here wake up the inside of you because The enemy of your soul don't want you to recognize you got desires. I got desires. No, I got desires. I got desires for my family. I got desires for my children. Whatsoever things you desire. I got some homework today. I feel like teaching real good. I feel like a teacher. Maybe it's a school superintendent being in the room. (laughs) I got some homework. I want you to go home today, real homework. And I want you to get go off on listing your desires. I want you to go off that paper. I want you to write them down. I, I want you to go ham. Y'all know I ham, me. I want you to go ham. The kids say that kind of stuff. I want you to. I want you to. I want you to list all your desires. Put them down on paper so you can see and get it out of your glory to God. Get it out of your mind. Come on, it's all bottled up. It's all. It's all bottled up, and you all frustrated. Because the desire in you is becoming sick. But get that desire moving through prayer. (laughs) What's something you desire? Then it says, take desires into prayer. Um, When you pray, and you, I mean, it's the operative word When. (laughs) when, not if you pray. Don't say, whatsoever desires if you pray. When means God expect you and I to pray. No, he expects us to pray. In other words, what you doing down there with all them problems you ain't prayed yet? What you doing with all them desires and you ain't you haven't prayed yet? No, he expects you to pray because you have a need for help. You have a need for support. You have a need for partnership because prayer is a partnership with God. You have a need to connect with God. What's the things you desire when you pray? Yeah. When you pray. Here it is. Believe. <laughs> Not that ham. <him. laughs> What's some things you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them. Uh, yeah. Believe that you receive them. So, Belief starts immediately. You believe you receive them when you pray. You don't need belief when it happens. You don't need belief when he does it. You need belief to receive. You need belief to receive. So, what God when you pray? Believe that you have received them, and like I have, like to say, it is you when you become pregnant with your desires of prayer. Wow. Believe that you have received them. No, I have received them already. And so many times, after you pray about your desires, you also should move into a place of thanksgiving. Lord I thank you for doing it Lord I thank you for working that thing out for my child I don't know how you're gonna do it for them but I thank you that my child's gonna prosper father I thank you believe that you have received them God I don't understand what's happening but you're moving things for my favor believe that you receive them you move into Thanksgiving not when it happens but after you pray not when it happens but after you pray you believe that you receive them oh that's powerful you walk around confident with expectation God's gonna do this thing for me God's gonna work this thing out in my family. God's gonna work this thing out for my child. Gonna work it out for my sister. Come on, it's gonna work it out for my aunt, for my family member. Believe, he says, after you have prayed and believe, you move into thanksgiving. Oh, this is powerful. And then he says, I get excited about this kind of stuff. And ye shall have them. Here's my prophetic word. I'm prophesying about prayer. Get ready for a life of answer prayer. Get ready for God to explode in answering your prayer get ready to see the hand of God in your family get ready for God to move mountains, get ready for God to reverse diagnosis get ready for God to turn things around some of you who need better jobs get ready for better jobs come on some of you who need healing emotionally get ready for God to answer prayer he promised that if you have a desire for change and you will pray for that change and believe for that change. You will live in the change. Clap your hands and praise God. Thank you again, my friend, for listening to our radio broadcast of Truth Gathers Dream Center Church. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And every time we hear his word, we're able to grow thereby. My friend, I also want to invite you to our service. Maybe you have a free Sunday coming up real soon. We'd love to see you at 1317 High Road here in Tallahassee. Truth gathers dreams in a church. God bless you until the next time right here on Wave 94.